Amen. Give it a big hand for the band. They're just so great. Students leading worship. You know, in other churches, in other parts of this world, they would never let students up on stage. And like here, we barely ever let adults on stage. Who wants a bunch of old people with like hair growing out of their ears? Hey, true story. I pulled the hair out of my nose this morning that was gray. It was like gray and white. It means I'm getting old. Hey, on a separate note, this kid here, stand up for me real quick. He's wearing a sweatshirt. He has a sweatshirt covering his hat because he just want everyone to know that he's a dirty Patriots fan. No, 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 let's not boo him. Let's not boo him. He's probably been booed enough in his life. Let's be easy on him. Hey, just if it makes you feel any better, I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Huge Buffalo Bills fan. So, like, the rivalry runs deep. It runs deep. How old are you? 12? 12 years ago was a tough time for the Bills. All right. It's me. It's Justin. How you guys doing? I want to make an announcement. Not Justin Timberlake. I saw you playing with your belly button before. I thought that was awesome. My kid does that. And I do it too sometimes. I have a cool... Your friend taught you that? What a good friend. Friendship is teaching you how to play with your belly button. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh... So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Serena, will you please come and join me up here? Let's go, Serena! All right. Woo! All right. So Serena got a job offer. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off, okay? Great. I'm just going to rip the band Is your mic working? I think so. All right. I'm going to just rip the Band-Aid like off, okay? Serena got a job offer in outreach, another department in our church that deals. So when we talk about outreach, we talk about serving the poor and the needy and like going around the community and doing stuff, uh, which is an incredible thing to do. We in junior high love serving. We do the chili van. You serve in your life groups. We're going to do. We, I love serving. And they offered you a job. Obviously, because saw how talented you were and how just wonderful you are. Your fashion sense. Case in point. Spot on. I know. It's spot on. Uh, and I watch a lot of those TV shows, so I'm a good, I can, I have the authority to criticize fashion because I watch right. the shows. <laughs> and you are just spot on with it. And they saw all the good things about you, and they came after you, guns blazing, to hire you because they want you to work for them. And God in the, you know, it was doing stuff, and, you know, we were talking, and then you guys were talking, and it just became clear that that was the right place to go. And so she took this job in outreach, which is going to be so incredible for her, and she starts very, very soon. She, you start, like, tomorrow. you start tomorrow, yeah. which you used to have Mondays off, but now you work on Mondays. Are you angry about that? No. I would be. I have Sundays off. Your, your thing is not. I have Sundays off. This is not working. It's getting messed up because you have so much mane. Oh, hair? Hair, mane. What? Oh. Yeah, why don't you throw the tape up here? I, I would actually be honored to tape it to her That's face. That's weird. This makes me uncomfortable. Cole, come on over here. Everyone give a big hand this for Cole. This is an awkward moment. Cole. All right. Everyone give a big hand for Cole. There's like. Brought the tape. It's like a large. It's. It's hard to walk tape up to the stage, and he did it without tripping. All right. No, no. Move your... I'll do it. Oh, my I'll gosh. Do it. This makes me uncomfortable. Don't be uncomfortable. It's me and you really have been friends. How long have we been friends for? Wow. I don't know. That's a large piece of tape. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's fine. all the way to my eye. No, it just looks large in your mind, but in reality, it's a very small piece. Ow. Yeah. Your hair is in it and everything. 
I'm such good. a good. I'm Don't a good. I'm a good weird. friend. Okay. Right, anyways. So <laughs> no joke. No joke. You have so much time to teach. We got buffer time. I can oh talk forever. Oh my no gosh. joke. Okay, no joke. I will tell you uh, two Serena stories. No joke. Story number one. Serena, which this isn't a funny story. This is just a truth story. When I became the junior high pastor, Serena was the first person I ever hired in junior high. So she's been with me the longest. That's pretty impressive. Maybe it's not impressive to you. No, story not number not two. Impressed. Story number two. Okay. Number dose, Serena, do you know what story I'm going to tell? No. It's my favorite story. What's your favorite story with me and junior high? I don't know. You tell your story first. No, go ahead. You go first. I don't know. I'm still thinking. This is hard. On the spot. Which student favorite do you like the most? Pick one student you like the most. No, Who's your favorite? that's not Pick fair. Pick your favorites. What is happening? She already right told now? me her favorite was Jacob Templeton anyway. Nope. That's weird. Okay, okay, no. <laughs> hey, hey, it's me. I'm in eighth grade. All right, Serena, tell us more about the job you're doing in outreach. What are you going to be doing exactly? Okay, so I'm going to be um, heading up with all of their volunteer care and development. Um, so I'm going to be recruiting leaders to come help me serve um, at the Lighthouse Community Centers. So if you don't know, our church has a couple of community centers um, out in different areas in or Orange County where we have um, students um, from the community. They come to those community centers and we do homework help. Um, we have mentors. Mm. Um, and so basically it's helping them with schoolwork and helping them um, just stay in school and um, giving them an opportunity to learn more and to be developed and um, to help the community because a lot of their parents either are working, um, don't have time mm. to help them with their homework, or they're learning English as a second language. So it's, um, yeah, so I get to get all the volunteers from Mariners, help care and train for them to come and help these students. So. Some of these guys need to learn English as their first language, you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's stupid. I'm not on it today. My humor is not on it today. All right, Serena, can we pray for you, yeah. and then we'll let you go. And, hey, yeah. uh, by the way, Serena, she told me offstage, she does not like the sound of bottles flipping. She is one of the things that just upsets her, <laughs> makes her sad, makes her feel unloved, and yeah, I, what was that? It's a trigger. Triggering her? I don't know. Where did you learn that kind of language? That is pretty serious language. Yeah, <laughs> it is a trigger for her. And you don't want to trigger this gal. Pretty dark stuff happens. Pray for me. So let's pray for her, and Thanks. then we're going to go. Everyone extend a hand in junior high. We extend a hand. That is your way. And you guys, the six, eighth graders know this because I've said this a million times. Sixth graders, listen, listen, listen. We extend a hand this is your way of saying, even though I can't be up there next to you, I'm still with you. So extend a hand towards Serena, and I'm going to pray for her. Heavenly Father, extend a hand, not your belly button, a hand. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Serena. Thank you so much for everything that you've gifted her with. We cannot wait to hear the great stories, God, of what you're doing in her life and in her ministry and outreach. And thank you. We love the time we spent with her. She is such a talented, gifted follower of Jesus who uses her gifts in such cool ways. And her life group loves her. And we just care about her a lot. We're going to miss her. So bless her and keep her safe. Amen. Hey, and we got a video for you. And then we're going to learn out of this is week two of A Whale of a Tale. This is going to be awesome. Uh, check out this video. Got any kings? <laughs> no. 
Goofish. Diggity dang it. Are you kidding me? That was quite rude. I would appreciate if you didn't do that anymore. I mean, why would you think that's a good idea? Chill, dude. It's all good. Hey, this guy got stuck in a whale too. Oh hey, want some goldfish? Oh, I didn't I didn't mean it like that. Come on. God, please get me out of here. No, 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 no. That video was great. Um, I love I love those videos because they're just so funny. Um, so guys, hi, I'm Serena. If I haven't met you, obviously, um, uh, this is my last weekend here with you guys, and I'm so excited that I get to um, speak from the Word of God um, and get to teach you guys this morning. And so I just want to say real quick. Um, we're going to hold on real quick to go uh, leaving, going to the bathroom. If you guys can just wait a little bit, we're all going to sit in here and we're going to learn from the word of God. Um, so grab Bibles, grab pens, and grab notepaper if you haven't, because we're going to be going into Jonah chapter 2. Um, we've been in the series. Last week, Kristen started um, with chapter 1, starting the story, um, and she told us um, how Jonah had disobeyed God and that he had... Um, he had decided to run away from God, right? He decided to jump on a ship and go as far away from God as possible. And that Jonah decided to disobey God, but the big idea that Kristen told us was that God will do anything to seek after us. God will do anything to seek after us. And so I think last week when I was sitting in the room listening, I think I was hearing about this word obedience and disobedience, and I don't really like that word. There's a lot of um, feelings I get when I hear the word obey, Obey is kind of like a hard word for us to hear. And sometimes I think I feel this way um, because when I hear the word obey, I think about having to do something that I don't want to do or having to be forced to do something that I don't want to do. And I'm, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like what anyone's asking me to obey, right? No one's going to, the thing that they're asking me to obey isn't going to be good. And so sometimes I kind of feel like it looks and feels a little bit like this. It's a little clip from SpongeBob. So in this episode, 
SpongeBob is taken over, right? So Plankton, I love SpongeBob. I don't know about you guys. This is the second time I've used SpongeBob. Thank you. Um, so SpongeBob, is, his brain gets taken over by Plankton, and he's forced to do all of the things that um, Plankton's making him say and do, right? So Plankton's actually saying the insult to Squidward, not SpongeBob. And at the end of that clip, SpongeBob actually is like, what's going on? I don't know what's happening um, because he's being taken over. And so sometimes I think we kind of feel like when we have to obey or do what other people are telling us to do, we feel like we're being controlled by them. We feel like we don't want to do what they're telling us to do, that it's not our decision to do that. And so um, I think we kind of don't like this also because who are the people that normally ask us to obey them? Parents. Who else? Teachers, yeah. And so these people are usually telling us to obey them and asking us to do what they say. And they're usually saying, obey what I'm telling you to do because I know what is right for you. And what we usually don't like, we can be frustrated by this because we don't want to believe that what they're asking us is good for us, right? We don't want to believe that because we're looking what they're asking us to do, we like focus on the task. We focus on what they're asking us to do, right? The piles of homework that they're asking us to do, the chores that they're asking us to do. We don't want to believe that those things are actually good for us because they're hard or they're difficult or we don't want to do them. And the hard part is, is that God is kind of similar. That, that our relationship with God can be really similar. See, God does the same thing. He asks us to obey him to do things that he's, to follow and do what he's asking us to do, but instead of actually focusing on the purpose for it, we end up focusing on the task that he's asking us to do. But the funny thing is, is that we don't recognize that God actually created us. See, God created us, and so he knows our purpose. He knows what we're meant to do. He knows what is good for us. See, when we don't do what we're created to do, we spin into chaos, right? That song that we sang earlier, um, the um, song where it talks about who brings our chaos back into order, that's talking about how God brings our chaos back into order. See, because when we follow after God's purpose for our lives, we become satisfied in who we are. We We realize who we are. We become who we're supposed to be. And see, I actually understand how difficult this is because I'm finishing up my last semester in college, and so I get really focused on getting good grades and doing all of my homework and making sure that I'm getting everything right and I'm doing it well um, so that I can get good grades so that I can then get a job and have a great life. And I know a lot of you have struggled with this too because I have a life group of eighth grade girls and they focus a lot on getting good grades and making sure they get an A and not a B and an A plus, not an A minus. And it's all about making sure that you got good grades so that you can get into the right schools so that you can get a good job. And I focus on that too and I get caught up in it. But one time I was talking to one of my friends and she was reminding me that it's not always about just getting good grades. It's not about just doing it so that we can get a good job but that the reading and the writing and the things that I'm learning are actually actually helping me become a better person. That the things that I'm learning help me add more into the world. They help me learn so then I can process and think and have opinions and actually get to learn and become a better person. You see, there's a greater purpose in what that, all of those things are. There's a greater purpose to reading and writing and doing our homework. Um, we just sometimes get so frustrated by it because it's hard or it's boring or we don't want to do it and it's frustrating. 
But in the end, when we look back and we see all of the things that we've learned and who we've become because of it, it's really cool to see that, that there's actually more of a greater purpose to those things. And so in the story, we know that Jonah, because he ran away and disobeyed God, he's choosing to step away, uh, step into chaos, right? He's choosing to jump on this ship and sail away and sail far, far away from God. And as he's, uh, as he's sailing into the ocean, into the storm that lies ahead for him, he gets deeper and deeper into the chaos and farther away from God. And so Jonah, like we heard last week, tosses himself into the ocean. He finally reveals it's his fault that there's the storm. And he sinks into the most chaotic place of his life. He's drowning in the water. He's sinking deep into the water. And he knows that he most likely won't survive. But as Jonah Jonah sinks into the ocean, God sends a fish. At the end of chapter 1, we see that God sends a huge fish to swallow him. And so most of the time, I think I get confused about this story because when I hear this story, I think, God, why would God send a fish to swallow Jonah? Why would he do this? It kind of seems like the fish is a part of the punishment, that the, the punishment is that God sends this fish so that Jonah has to sit in there for three days. But what's interesting is that we learn in this next chapter, in chapter two, is that God actually swal- uh, sends the fish to swallow Jonah as a gift, as a way to save him. So let's go to chapter 2. We're going to read through chapter 2. This is Jonah in spending time in the belly of a fish. So if you've got your Bibles, flip to page 902. We're going to be going to Jonah chapter 2. Say, got it when you got it. If you guys are flipping. This is a real story. It's in the Bible. Chapter 2. So, all right. So Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me, and I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercy. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah onto the beach. So in this chapter, the the only thing that's happening is Jonah is inside the belly of the big fish praying out to God. And we we get to experience this prayer, and we see that this prayer that's interesting is actually praising God for him being inside the belly of a fish. He's praising God for saving him. But for me, that's a little confusing. It's like, wait, you're inside the belly of a fish. You're not like, that's still a weird place to be. Like, what are you doing? I mean, who, who praises God when they're inside, like, another animal? That's, like, weird. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, Jonah, but cool. But it's funny because in the prayer, we get to actually understand why Jonah is uh, praising God. 
Because Jonah actually talks about his experience that when he's sinking down into the waters, when he's sinking down and he's about to die, he, he realizes that the seaweed and the storm and the waves are crashing over him and he is in a chaotic place. He's basically at the point of death. And so how many of you guys love going to the ocean? Like going into the ocean and like going to the beach? Okay, I do not like going into the water because of the waves crashing over to you. So have you guys ever been like caught in a wave and then you've been like stuck under it for like a little bit of time? I, this is, I'm terrified of like waves because I won't even go out into the water mostly because I just do not like that feeling when like the waves are crashing over you and you can't get up out of the water and you're trying to swim, but it's like all the whitewashes all over you. I hate that. And that's like, this is the picture that I'm getting. Jonah is trapped under the water. He has seaweed wrapped around him. He is in a crazy place. He doesn't think that he's going to survive. And yet, right before he, right when he's in the midst of all of that craziness, he remembers God. He thinks about God and his relationship with him. And Jonah cries out to him in distress. In verse 7, it talks about this. It says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. See, I think we're a lot like Jonah in this situation because we think about how, you know, we get into these crazy situations. We have fights with our parents, fights with our friends. We have fights with... um, We just get into, like, situations where we're, like, struggling. We're struggling in school or we're not, you know, we have to get our grades up because we're not doing well. And I think all throughout those moments, we tend to forget about God. But when we get into the most chaotic place like Jonah did, he remembers him. We can kind of be like Jonah sometimes when when we, we don't understand that we, we need God to survive. That there's no place that we can run away from him. And you see, what does God do when we reach out to him? What does he do in those moments? What did he do for Jonah? Did he just say, oh, you forgot about me. You ran away from me. You disobeyed me. You don't deserve to hear, I don't deserve to hear your prayers. Like, why am I, what am I going to do? God doesn't do that. God actually sends the fish to save Jonah. Something miraculous happens. But it's not as a punishment for his disobedience. It's actually a way to save him. You see, Jonah was the one who caused all the chaos to happen. He was the one that sailed away on the ship. He was the one that ran away from God. And yet, God still cared so much about Jonah that he sent the fish to keep him from dying. He heard his prayers. Because Jonah reached out to him, because, God, because Jonah cried out to him in the chaotic moment, God still heard his prayer. And God sent a fish to swallow him to save him. But now what's, now Jonah's inside the belly of the, of the fish, and what actually has him saved, what actually gets him back onto dry land, back into the comfort of dry land, was his prayer, what he says in his prayer. You see, Jonah and recognizes and praises God for the decision that God made to save Jonah's life. Even though Jonah's still in this really weird place, even though Jonah's not fully onto dry land, back onto comfort, back home, he's still in this belly of the fish, not sure what's going to happen next, but he still praises God for, for his decision to save Jonah. This for Jonah was a praiseworthy moment. 
for him. He realizes this. But still, it took Jonah three days, right? It took him three days to understand this. And I imagine, okay, just like the video that we watched, that Jonah's probably inside the fish, like freaking out, not sure what to do, what's going on. He's probably stubborn, not sure what to do right now. He's like, what's God doing? What are you doing? Why am I in this fish? Maybe he's thinking that it's a punishment for him. But it took him three days to finally realize. He gives in and he sees that this is, this is the work of God, that he is saved through this fish from God, that he's still alive. You see, it took Jonah time to understand what was happening and to have a change of heart. Not because um, this realization, this change of heart for Jonah actually make, reestablishes his relationship with God. Not because God ever left Jonah, but because God actually cried, cried out, Jonah cried out to God. Jonah said that he, at the end of the, the chapter, he talks about how, I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, saying, I'm going to step back into this relationship with you. I'm going to go back into this because I know who you are, and I recognize that you've saved me. You see, Jonah's prayer teaches us something about obedience. It's not the task that we are asked to do that God focuses on, but it is our relationship with him. See, our purpose in being created is to be in relationship with God. See, true friendships, like we learned in the last series, are built off of love, right? Love that not isn't just because like, oh, hey, I like you, you're pretty cool, like this is fun to hang out with you. Love means that we trust that person, that we listen to that person, that we realize that those people have something good to say to us, that what they're asking us to obey and do is actually probably something that we should do because it's good for us. So when we, when we hear this, when we enter into a relationship with God, what this means is that we listen to him knowing that he has a purpose for our lives, that he knows that purpose and that it is good for us and that we should obey him. Not because, you know, he's just telling us to do it, not because he's going to give us something that we want, but because he loves us so much that even when we disobey that he hears our cries and he responds a God who does this obviously has our best interests at heart. So what does this mean? What, is this all, what does all this mean for us? See, God cares so much for us that he hears us. That means prayer is a big deal, that God actually listens to our cries. How crazy is it that God, a God who sends a fish, he commands a fish to swallow Jonah, actually listens to what we have to say? And he wants us to talk to him honestly. He wants us to cry out to him, to shout out to him, to tell him what we're doing, what's going on in our lives. See, we have the ability to talk to him and be honest with where he's at. See, God cares about what we have to say when we humble ourselves and when we recognize who he is like Jonah did. We also learn that God wants us to be aware that God is answering our prayers but they might not look exactly like we think. That God's answering our prayers, because for Jonah, he was swallowed by a fish. And at first, this doesn't seem like an answer to prayer, but it actually is. God is saving him from death. You see, I think what, what this story is telling us is that God cares more about what our, our heart is, where we're at in relationship with him, than what we're doing. 
He cares more about he cares more about our heart and our relationship. He doesn't want us just to do things for him. He wants us he wants us to do things because he cares about us. He knows what's good for us. But he actually gives us a reason to do it. He actually follows through on his plan, part of the plan. He follows through and he he does things that are good for us. And so in my life, it's actually been a really hard journey to get to the place of trusting God. I've struggled in my relationships to actually believe that God cares about me and that he has my best interests at heart, that he actually wants me to succeed and that he knows best for my life. Specifically, in this transition that I'm going through, it's really hard for me to believe that even in the unknown, even like I don't know what this job's gonna look like for me, I don't know what is going to come next, but I know that God's asking me to obey him and that when he asks me to jump into something that I don't know, that he has a purpose for it. That even though it might be hard or difficult or even it might be frustrating or seem boring, that God has a purpose for what he's doing and that that purpose is to make me a better person, to be better in relationship with him. And so I have a couple questions for you guys to think over um, as we close out this time. Maybe you're finding yourself and you're thinking, I haven't been paying attention to God. I haven't been noticing that he's there, even though I'm trying to pretend that he's not. I'm running away from him. And so my question is, what is God asking you to cry out to him? What, what is he asking you? How is, he, how is God asking you to cry out to him? What is he wanting you to say? Maybe you just need to have an honest conversation with God. Do you need to tell him what you're thinking and feeling, what you're struggling with? Is he asking you to trust him enough to believe that he is going to come through even when we, we don't see it? Maybe at school, maybe at, at home, there's situations where you're struggling and you don't know what to do next or um, you're, you're not, there's homework, or there's too much going on, there's tests that you're just struggling in, and you don't know what to do next. And maybe God's just asking you to think about him, to cry out to him in that distress, to remember that he's there for you. So during this week, I'd love for you guys to think through that, to think about that, to remember God when those moments happen. And so I'm just going to pray for you guys. Dear God, I just thank you so much for these students. I thank you for who they are and who you created them to be. Lord, I just pray that you would, um, that your presence would be made known this week, that you would just remind them that you are there, that when things get tough, when things get hard, that they can cry out to you. And no matter how far away that they are from you, you will respond. Lord, I pray that if students have cried out to you, if they've prayed out to you, that you would show them, that you would open their hearts to where you have responded in their prayer, where you have answered their prayers. I just pray that you would um, be with them in this week, that you would um, comfort them, those that need to be comforted. Lord, I just... Um, I thank you for these students, and I thank you for this time this morning, and I thank you for the story of Jonah, and I just pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys.